Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Mortgage Professional Podcast, where we interview successful mortgage professionals to learn about their journey, the obstacles they've overcome, and how you can model their approach to build your mortgage business. My name is Andrew Alex, and I'm joined, of course, by our wonderful host, Mr. Scott Solari. Scott, how are you? Andrew, phenomenal. Feeling great. I get to look at your beautiful face every day. Uh, everything's great. One should be so blessed. So, Scott, <laughs> today we have a great interview with Stephen Moy. He is a senior loan officer at Summit Funding. Stephen was named at the top 200 mortgage originators in 2015 and continues to produce as well as coach, a 20-year veteran of the business. Stephen has helped over 2,700 people purchase or refinance. Stephen also hosts the Business Banter on ESPN Radio, featuring interviews with entrepreneurs, real estate leaders, and business book authors. Scott, he sounds like he's got a wealth of information here, so I want to know from you what all of our wonderful listeners are going to learn from Mr. Stephen Moy. Great question, Andrew. And the answer to that is uh, you're going to learn a lot, but I'm going to be more specific. Okay. Um, what's great about Stephen is, as you can see, he, he loves to help educate and add value. You know, he has his own radio show, um, business banner. So he's constantly out there trying to make sure that everyone knows everything they need to know about making the right financial decision or the right mortgage. So what you're going to learn on this podcast is the importance of being a wealth of knowledge for your customers and your client base and that you can't pigeonhole yourself into one loan plan or you know one type of loan that you work with, you need to know everything about what the realtors are doing, about all the options. You just need to be a wealth of knowledge for your customers, and you're going to be able to provide a much better service. So uh, that's what you're going to learn today on the best ways to do that. Excellent. Well, let's find out what those best ways are, and we'll join you after the interview. Stephen, thank you. Thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking uh, asking me to do the program with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I always I always like to start off and um and ask, you know, to give me give me a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, how you got into the business, how you got to to where you are today and and that's going to allow us to kind of maybe jump into some really specific uh topics, techniques, you know, the people that are probably listening to this podcast or or you know, newer business owners, maybe newer loan officers um that are trying to, you know, grow their their business in the right way. Sure. Um, I didn't come through it, um, come to the business through the normal channel. Um, uh, the reason that I got into the business in the first place was a uh, good friend of mine from college and a guy that I was in a, uh, a band had uh, started a, a mortgage company. I was actually working uh, uh, the night shift at a grocery store and the, uh, they told me that they were opening a, they had had an office up in Orange County and they were opening a branch in San Diego and the uh, guy that was going to uh, was going to manage the San Diego branch I was um, a good friend of mine and someone I was in, a, in a, a, the same band with and I said you know let me in and uh, the thing was I was a, uh, as a grocery cashier I was always very good at talking people into you know buying a gourmet bottle of ketchup. And mind you, this was in the during the, the early 90s recession. And I figured that if I could 
upsell somebody into buying a four dollar bottle of ketchup during a recession, I would be able to sell money and help people uh, borrow money to do uh, home improvements because the company I went to work for uh, was doing Title One loans and one twenty five loans at the time. Um, at the time that we got hired, I was uh, brought on. It was a brand new branch, and I was brought on with uh, you know some guys who had you know MBAs and business degrees. My background was in um, sociology, but um, I ended up being the number two guy in the entire company after my first full year. And um, you know what I attributed to was having worked in the grocery store for so long. I knew I knew who my borrowers were because I was seeing them come through the line, and I was able to, um, I had a good, I was always able to make connections that would um, make files go through that maybe other guys wouldn't, um, weren't maybe as resourceful or street streetwise as I was at the time. And so the joke that we would always say was that I went from Ralph's to Riches because, you know, I went from making uh, 30,000 30, in my last year at Ralph's to making uh, over a hundred grand in my first year with that particular company, um, you know, as the company kind of uh, the tra- transition, we we moved away from the 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 high equity seconds to doing first mortgages and, and purchase business, and I just kind of evolved with it. Um, you know, one of the things that I always was um, really good, and this was before we had any kind of internet database was I, I never let a client slip away. So I was always very, um, I was always very dutiful about um, staying in front of clients in order to um, uh, be able to uh, be their first person, you know, that they think of when it came to mortgages or mortgage related questions. So, so, t- so t- jump back a little bit and talk more about, I, I think it's really interesting how you're able to, move up so quickly in one year in, in the company you're in, but based on the fact that you knew, you knew how to talk to people, you knew who your client was. Tell me a little bit more about the importance of that. Even maybe even more now, because we're so disconnected with, you know, marketing and social media, that it's not as customer, maybe personal. How important is that, that relationship building and understanding who you're dealing with? Well, it can't be, um, you know, it can't be uh, stressed enough that, um, you know, a face-to-face um, meeting is always the best. But basically, um, when it comes to it, 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 everything that we do, whether you're buying a bottle of ketchup or you're buying a pair of shoes or you're doing a mortgage is sales related and the idea that there's a, a transaction going on where you're getting a service, uh, an item or whatever. And, um, and I'm providing that service or item for, for a fee. And um, the one thing that people, um, sometimes when you talk about sales, people get the oh, sales because they, you know, they, they equate back to timeshares um, just in end, you know, my first sales manager um, actually said it best. He says, it's not that people hate salesmen. It's people hate bad salesmen. And and here's the analogy that I would give to that. And you're going to get a lot of analogies today because that's how I work. Um, this is a true story. So uh, about four months ago, my son um, 
uh, who's 16, needed a pair of dress shoes for a formal he was going to. So we went to the, the mall and we went to Macy's and we went to Nordstrom. And the, the, the same shoes he liked um, were at both places. And at Macy's, they were a little bit cheaper, but they were on a rack. And you had to, we had to wait 15 minutes for the guy to get the other shoe. And then the register broke down. So we had to walk all the way um, through to a women's lingerie department in order to be able to ring up the shoes. And my son, my son was not having that. He was not going to buy shoes at a registry. He was embarrassed to be in the women's lingerie department. So we went over to Nordstrom's, and the, the price was a little bit higher, mainly because Macy's was offering a coupon. But, you know, they, they fit the shoes. When they came out, they gave him, you know, here's our shoe of the month, and they made him feel really valued. Now, there's that price and there's value thing. But also, what I tried to, um, what I came away from it is that the, the, they could be the same thing, but the experience was so much better in that his needs were, were met. He got a, a pair of cool shoes. He wasn't having to stand around in the woman's uh, lingerie department waiting to get to be rung up. And he actually got talked into, well, I got talked into buying another pair of sneakers for him that he didn't need just because the, the person that took care of him was so good. So the, the thing is, is that understanding, um, uh, understanding our clients is important, but also understanding how we can add value by creating a good, a good experience. The company I work for now, Summit, has this slogan where we're going to close smooth and on time. Now, that's not, you know, that's not like something you'd put on a, a bumper sticker, but if you're a, a loan officer, that's a really important distinction because, you know, it's great if we can close on time, but that's what we're supposed to do. What we want to do is to, to close a transaction so that it's on time, but also that we're not hitting you with last-minute items or conditions that, you know, had we just been, you know, had everyone just been on the same page, you know, we wouldn't have had to ask for it and wouldn't have been up front. So um, part of the uh, experience is, um, you know, making it uh, what uh, is a good out-of-the-box experience. So what do you think, you know, what do you think that people are missing in this industry? I mean, you're one number one in you know, in your area in San Diego, originators, right? What do you what do you see? Like what are some of the challenges or things that you see, you know, people coming up in the industry that they're just missing that they're not not well, identifying what what's I, important? I have a couple I think that um a lot of guys get into the business because you can make a doctor's salary without having to have, you know, 16 years of schooling, or you can make, you know, um, it's important to understand not just your products, you know, you know, whether you know your, your, your guidelines, but it's also important to understand, you know, how pricing occurs, which means that you have to understand how the bond markets work. And you can't just, um, it, one of my big pet peeves is when um, a loan officer will, use the 10-year bond as a way of, you know, kind of justifying mortgage rates when, you know, a mortgage professional should know that um, mortgage rates follow the Fannie Mae coupons and the 10-year bond is not an accurate gauge of where the 30-year fix is on any given basis. So guys who use the, you know, that's, you need to know 
how the sausage is made above and beyond maybe FHA or VA guidelines in order to be a, a, a credible advocate for your client. You should understand uh, how different industries work so that um, you know what documentation to ask for. Um, you know, you, you have to, you have to be an, uh, you, you have to be a generalist and you have to be knowledgeable of a lot of different things in order to really, um, be a good, uh, advocate for your, for your borrower. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, having the knowledge to make sure that you're putting them first and your agenda aside, you know, I mean, that goes along with what you're talking about with building these relationships is it's a trust thing and, and it's being transparent and being honest, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's transparency, uh, you know, integrity and, and honesty is foremost. And that means, you know, if I don't know the answer, um, I want to make sure that I align myself with the company that has um, procedures so that I can get the answer. One of the things that I like about Summit Funding is, you know, operations is very receptive if I have a question or even a uh, a questioning of a guideline on why this is. Um, I've found them to be very egoless and that they're very, it's very important to them to uh, really just be on top of their game and to, to know everything and anything that kind of creates more knowledge or a way to uh, be able to get our line, um, our clients, you know, the best loans in the smoothest way possible is something that they're very supportive. And I've, and I have not always found that in, you know, in the industry as, you know, 20 years in the industry, sometimes there has been aspects where the, uh, the loan officer's uh, knowledge is sometimes discounted, um, you know, and I got 20 years in the business, so I I've learned a few things. So I like it. I'm glad that I'm with a company that is supportive of that and, you know, embraces that and isn't threatened by it. Yeah, that's Absolutely. It's good to have, it's, you know, it's amazing to have the support and the, and it aligns with your culture and values. Um, and I want to, I want to jump over and I know that, you know, you do a lot with content marketing, social media, and, you know, you, you host your own radio show. So tell me a little bit about, you know, some of the strategies that you're implementing in your business right now to kind of, um, you know, build a visibility and, and build that um, authority that we kind of talked about earlier um, in the marketplace. Okay, well, that's a that's a really interesting question. So, you know, and let me preface this is that you know, as I've been in the industry twenty years, you know, if you follow kind of the uh, industry media and you know, people who are kind of speaking to loan officers or speaking out about the industry, and, um, you know. Back in the 90s, it was, you know, you had to have a website. It didn't matter that it was a, a bad website. You just had to be on the Internet. And then, you know, in, um, you know, uh, you know, then it would be, well, you know, everyone's got to do FHA or, um, you know, these, there would always be, like, I call them mantras that the, the industry kind of follows without kind of questioning it. And right now, one of the big ones is, is how to have a social media presence. Um and, you know, companies are being supportive of social media. But um, the thing is, is that 
it's important if you're going to do social media, you have to, you, it's not good enough to just retweet or uh, like an article on CNN money in order to be a, um, uh, an authority. You have to, um, you have to function as, in my opinion, as a curator of your site. So if, if I'm putting something such as a, uh, well, this morning I uh, found a really good article on Bloomberg, which kind of give a, a, a breakdown and an overview of the, uh, you know, over the next five days, we have a lot of economic data that were, that could influence interest rates um, and influence the Fed on whether they're going to um, increase the, the federal funds rate in uh, June or July, if at all. And, you know, I forwarded that. I, I you know, I, I put it in my LinkedIn, I put it in my Twitter, and I put it in my Facebook. But I also added kind of my commentary. Um, you know, anyone can do CNN money, but that's kind of generic. When I say function as a curator, I need to give you a point of view that says why I'm an expert, why this is important, and that, you know, by me putting this up there, you can be in good hands, that I'm constantly monitoring the things that affect the interest rates and the economy. Um, another mistake, though, that a lot of loan, um, loan originators have is they get too much into political stuff. And, and here's what I would say. You know, we have an election coming on, and, you know, you can be really polarizing if, you, if you're putting up, you know, pro-Bernie or pro-Hillary um, or pro-Trump articles about why they're great because you're, you know, you're, you're cutting half your audience away just because of how polarized we are. Now, if you're going to talk about the election, and obviously that's going to have a big influence on there, you know, maybe you talk about the differences that a Trump presidency might have on housing programs or interest rates um, versus uh, Hillary, pro, you know, how a Hillary or Bernie um, presidency would have. That would be something that would fall in the lines of not polarizing because it's, it's a legitimate policy discussion, but just you know, advocating for one side or the other, I think it's a bit polarizing. I, I think you have to have a point of view, but I also think you have to um, cage the point of view in a way that's not polarizing, but shows that you're educating. And so if you follow my Facebook account you'll, or Twitter account, you will get a lot of uh, articles from, you know, some of, you know, from Huffington Post or from American Conservative or Bloomberg, I, I try and be balanced on them all and because I, I think it's important to be well-read. Um, the House in nearly, in most people's cases, their biggest asset, and I want people to feel that, you know, I have my finger on the pulse of the things that are going to help them make the right decision towards purchasing, refinancing, or investing in uh, other property. So you're saying that they people shouldn't just share articles and not respond on them at all or comment on them at all. Well, no, what I'm saying is, is no, it's, yeah, no. Like, like CNN money is just generic. It doesn't say anything about you. Well, yeah. there was as in my old company, there was this guy who, who kind of was, was representative of kind of the laziness of loan officers but he would every year put together, he paid someone to put together this eight-page st 
state of the county report that had all this, you know, economic jibbity jabbity stuff like that. But and it was really well put together and it had a great picture. I mean, because he was a handsome dude, but um, it did not. Um, he, he never read it, so he, you, you know, me and some of the other guys that worked with him would kind of troll him by, hey, now that uh, you know, the uh, what effect is the uh, you know, the consumer bond, gonna, you know, the, the sewer bond going to have, that you mentioned on page five, going to have, you know, we would, we would troll him by asking him detailed questions about his report because it was just such a um, pile of BS that he was putting this out that he was the expert, but he didn't even, you know, he was outsourcing his point of view or his information without bothering to read it, which I think is, you know, uh, I think it's comical and, kind of just irritating from if you're a professional in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. So I I mean it if you're gonna if you're gonna use social put it media out there. if you're gonna right. yes and if you're gonna use social media you can't you have to you you have to in, interact with it. It's not enough just to forward it or to like something. You have to interact with it and offer content that is that says something about you. So not only will I, you know, post an article that I like, but I'll, you know, I'll post something about the Chargers because I'm a big Charger fan. Or if there's a recipe that I like or a restaurant that I like, um, you know, I'll post about that as well. So that, you know, people do get a sense of the things that are important to me. Or I do a lot of mentorship work. And so um, if there's like a funny story or something like that, I'll share that. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just, post a generic article without saying why this is important or um, I'm, you know, and I'm not just going to uh, put out, you know, something um, political that I think is polarizing um, just, you know, just for the sake of it. Well, I think it's important what you're saying because, you know, if, if you're listening right now, you, you, you understand um, that Stephen's building his personality profile online based on what you're posting and the fact that you're engaged, it's custom information, you're adding value, you're talking about it. It's things that are, are real and it's not just this, you know, facade or this surface level presence. It's a real presence that you're building and, and that probably creates a lot more engagement and connection. So, you know, talk to me, have you, you know, do, doing this, you know, utilizing social media and the strategy, I mean, how has it helped your business? How has it benefited your business? I mean, do you have any, like, stories on how it's directly helped or led to referrals or anything like that that you can maybe yeah. share? Well, so, you know, every Friday I put out a newsletter that I send out to my thousand top clients. I also post a link of that newsletter onto my social media site. Um, I use three. Um, I use Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, you know, Pinterest, I think, would be good for a realtor because it's in Instagram as well because they're so visual. Um, Snapchat, I'm not a 17-year-old girl, so I'm not going to use Snapchat. Um, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the whole, um, you know, so every, you know, not only are you, if you're on my mailing list, you're going to get the newsletter and you're going to get some additional commentary from me um, when you get my, my email newsletter. 
But I also give a, a, a link to the, just the basic newsletter. Plus, through the day, I'm, you know, engaging with. So a lot of times, you know, people will, you, will, uh, you know, I'm currently working on a VA loan where someone reached out to me because um, we went to the same church. Um, my, uh, my, uh, my brother's children go to the school that he works at. But he's, um, he reached out to we We've never actually talked face-to-face, but we were, we were linked through Facebook, and he reached out to me, and I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a refinance for him where we're saving him 1200 bucks a month. And, you know, a, a lot of that was he knew who I was based on the information that I was putting out there. Um, and that happens, that happens pretty often. Plus, with my, um, you know, with the newsletter and just being in, in contact with people, um, you know, I've had a, you know, we've, it's, uh, being of presence has helped me with recruiting. I've been looking for an assistant, and a, a woman reached out to me because of my stuff that was on LinkedIn and wanted to, um, I didn't know I was looking for someone, but just liked what I was putting on. And when we kind of discussed, you know, she sent me a resume. She's very well qualified, and and she may, um, she may be my assistant just because. But that it was a relationship that wouldn't have engaged because of uh, how I was using social media. Um, it's pretty common though that I will get, um, you know, between. Yeah, and you you can't look at it. You can't look at it in a a vacuum. So, the social media helps because. People will hear the radio show, and the radio show gets podcasted. And you know, so for example, we on our radio show, we've done um, a couple shows uh, with people from. I go to a fairly large church, and we've had a couple, um, you know, uh, of the pastors on. Now, you know, so people who may not know me from the church, they'll hear, um, you know, they'll listen to a podcast because. We had a, a, you know, one of my pastors uh, was on. He's a, uh, we're talking to him. He's actually a, a world-ranked bodybuilder as well. And we had him talk about a competition. But everyone at that 3,000-member church heard about that. And a lot of people knew him, didn't know me, but they knew me. And so I got a couple purchases out of that. Um, it's just the idea that if you're, you know, um, you have to package it up in a credible way. We've had guests, you know, on the radio show refer us business. Uh, me and my partner Jack, um, we've had you know guests refer us business. We've we founded, um, you know, I've been able to build uh, referral contacts through guests I've had on the show, and we're um, you know we're promoting their businesses to the podcast. So there's sort of a, a circle there, but you have to approach it from an abundance mentality. Um, not from a mentality that if I do a radio show this week, I'm going to get X amount of, of deals there. And again, um, like anything else, if you're going to do radio or Facebook, you have to be engaged and you have to provide content and value. If it's, um, if it's not a, you know, if you're doing a radio show and it's not a, a, a listenable show, then that may not be the way for you to get people. Cause if the, if the, the show isn't listenable or inter- doesn't have an entertaining factor. It doesn't matter how smart or, you know, uh, you know, how good you feel about doing it. If it's, 
if it's not a good show or your Facebook page isn't consistent and you're not following up on it or your LinkedIn profile is completely jacked up, none of that's going to help you if you're not, um, you know, you have to, but you have to approach all of that, you know, as uh, uh, integrated parts of one big branding opportunity. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, everything you just said there is, is important to take in, uh, you know, because um, it's, it's the overall picture and the engagement, like we talked about, um, and how you, you know, how you present yourself. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing, um, you know, what you can do with it, if you're doing it correctly, you know, based on what you, you said, and some of the results that you've seen. So, you know, if someone, you know, someone out there is, you know, kind of, like I said, just starting out and what, what, you know, what would you suggest to them on a good place to start with their, you know, with their, with their online presence or, um, you know, just putting some of these pieces in place to really build, build your practice the right way or your business the right way, excuse me. Well, you know, you have to understand the use of each type of social media, how I use Twitter how I use Facebook and how I use LinkedIn are all kind of different. LinkedIn is primarily for referral contacts. Um, it's for business partners and for, um, you know, uh, building relationships or credibility with referral partners. And I've, um, you know, and that's, but Twitter, I use more as kind of a news feed. It's kind of a, a feed where I can, um, promote articles that I think are of interest. Um, and I do, um, I do, and I'll, you know, put my newsletter on there as well. Facebook is more of kind of a hybrid between my business partners who I'm Facebook friends with and my friends and, you know, contacts around there. And so um, that's going to be a little bit more, I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about my likes and my personality um, you know, if I'm going to put a, you know, if I'm going to put a song, like, well, for the Memorial Day, on um, pretty much any patriotic holiday, I have a couple uh, videos I always kind of put up, um, you know, particularly Ray Charles doing America the Beautiful. And I always put the, uh, the quote, which I think is important, is that, you know, times like this, remember that what unites us as a nation is far greater than what divides us as, an, as a nation. And I always try and put that in there, you know, so if I put a, you know, you know, maybe if I, if there's an article or a video or something like that, you know, there'll be a reason that I put it up there, but I'll have a little bit more fun with Facebook. Um, I think Facebook, you can't, you can't be all business on Facebook and have it work well, but the, you know, you do have to, you know, you do have to be on it consistently in order to uh, to make it um, any social media work, if you're just going to do, you know, one post a week, you, you should probably find other other avenues because that won't be enough for you to see any return on it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, Scott. Thank you very much for your interview with Stephen today. I will say that, um, you know. Stephen and I probably would resonate very well with our focus on customer service. Um, I mean, obviously, that's something that, you know, 
exists across a whole background, a whole plethora, if you will, of different um, professions. But really, you know, as his key to success, I thought that was very fascinating that that was what he really honed in on as, you know, one of the, the main things that drove him to be successful in the mortgage space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I can't believe I just said absolutely again, Andrew. How many times have I said that on our podcast? You like, it's unbelievable. It's one of your favorites. All right. Well, I'm going to try to get rid of that word. Sorry to all my listeners. Um but Stephen, his whole story with like Ralph's to riches, he, he jokes about that in the in the interview. But it really gave him a foundation of being transparent and being honest with people, and that really resonates in his in his business now, especially when you're really trying to provide the best customer service. You need to be transparent and you need to be honest. You need to tell people whether it's the hard truth. You just need to tell them what they need to hear. And, and be honest about it, whether it's going to benefit you or not. But you need to you need to take that approach. And I love that Stephen has built his business on great customer service using uh, these techniques. Yep. And um, I will. Uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up for this episode of the Entrepreneurial Mortgage Professional Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. And I am Scott Solari. And we will see all of our wonderful listeners again next week on this podcast. Stay tuned.